Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 3, Episode 1, titled All-Star Variety Show. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one amazing co-host from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say, I hate you. To Taylor, <laughs> the latte boy. That's how we're starting the season officially? That's how we are officially starting the season, I expected Taylor. the, I just farted to be the, my opening, but I'm good with I hate you. That's, yeah, well, that's you know, fine. here's the deal. Look, I, I wanted, there were so many during the entrances that I wanted to use. Then I was then I was strangely going meta. And there was one part where I thought it'd be funny because there's a part during the reading challenge where Milk says, Kennedy Davenport. And I thought it'd be funny to put that it's <laughs> like please say kennedy davenport to taylor the latte boy but anyway taylor how are you how is it going what what's been going on i have to say because you know taylor should should know this as of uh you know in a day i'm gonna delete the first response yeah okay and so people in the future won't know that there was a whole there was a whole drama that happened with my computer and and uh and I have to say you were very understanding during most of it. I could hear you gritting your teeth as uh our recording sessions creeped more and more into your going to Olive Garden and Cheesecake Factory and um going to Federated with your uh, husband to buy things. But uh did you guys ever have Federated? I was going to say, I don't know what Federated is. Federated was like one of those, at least in the, in the Southwest, there was like a Best Buy, but like in the 70s. Oh, okay. We had like Circuit City. Oh, yeah. No, Circuit City started in, you know, over here. Because I remember the guy dated, went to school with the son of the founder or something like that. It was a whole thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a Circuit City. Circuit City is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I thought it'd be funny to make a reference. But then obviously only... One fourth of our audience would get that, but anyway, uh, you're very understanding, so thank you. And are you, I, I, you know, I don't want to have a lot of banter right now, even though look, knowing us, it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just not going to happen at the top of the show, right? You know. But is there anything that did you? How you I, I heard before we started recording that, that you had Chinese takeout. Like, what is what is your go to Chinese takeout? Uh, Taylor. Uh, well, we I always get General Sal chicken, because, which is always on the list of like the top ten things that people shouldn't eat. But that's my favorite thing, and uh, I had that, and I had a uh, spring roll, mm-hmm. egg roll. I had an egg roll, whichever is the unhealthy one. There's yeah. the one that looks like it's wrapped in human skin, and then there's the other one that looks like it's wrapped in crunchy human skin, and that's the one that I like. Now, you, let me tell you this: over here in Southern California, we you never see General Tso's, uh chicken. I, have, I saw the documentary about it. From what I saw in the documentary, I think it's what we call it here just plain orange chicken. Or is, that a different, is that something different? I think that's different because that has a more of a citrusy or an orangey taste to it, if I understand correctly, whereas General South Chicken is spicy. Oh, interesting. If done yeah. correctly, it's, it's a sweet and spicy – so I guess it would be like sweet and spicy chicken – but uh, it's the, I only was able to eat half of mine tonight because it was super super spicy. So, but but you know you're not from the Southwest. Is it one of these things where you like you like ketchup is spicy? No, no, I love spicy. I and I love you know I love a good heat to my chicken. That, that's what uh, Taylor's tramp stamp says. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that that uh is that it was it was too much. We were watching TV and eventually I'm like I can't eat any more of this because it's. What were you watching on TV? 
we have started watching the first season of American Gods. Mm-hmm. And it's we're only two episodes in, but it's really good. I, we're, I'm very much enjoying it. It is based on one of my husband's favorite books of all time. We're, we're, he, he has been asking to watch it forever. And then I decided, what the hell? I just spend the 20 bucks and pay for the season pass on iTunes. And now we're just watching it. We just finished watching Schitt's Creek. And now we're watching American Gods. Now, as we've learned, I, I don't know what we've learned in the main feed. You were a big fan of the Schitt's Creek because the, the star, Dan Levy? Daniel Levy, yeah. Has very hairy legs, correct? Well, he's very cute, but it helps that he has very hairy legs. So that's that's my jam. Not that I would put jam. Oh, maybe I would put jam on his hairy legs. I don't know. But what are your thoughts on a hairy butt? I'm okay with the. I don't want like where it looks like you know a fur coat has been draped over the back of it. But I'm okay with a little fuzz. I like I like a fuzzy butt, but I'm okay with a smooth butt too. I just like butt. This week, contestants from previous seasons walk back into the workroom one more time. RuPaul surprises the girls with an extra contestant. The girls take a visit to the library, strategize how they'll play the game, and then perform in a talent show. In the end, Bendela Cram and Aja were named the top two contestants, while Morgan McMichaels and Chi-Chi Devane were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their legacy, Ben was crowned the winner of the challenge and ordered Morgan McMichaels to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Okay. Uh, Two things that I liked about the episode was I liked... I liked Ben's performance and the in the talent show and the lip sync. So, so the performances of Ben De La Creme was something that I definitely enjoyed watching. And both of them kind of slowly built over time when they first came out, when she first came out with the lip sync and with the other thing, it was kind of like, oh, okay. But then, then you got to where you couldn't take your eyes off of her. Um, something else that I liked was, huh, I liked... There are a lot of things. I, I, I'm going to say a real basic answer, and that is this was a very colorful episode. A lot of the outfits that everybody is wearing were very colorful and very bright and very cheery. So they were very pretty to look at. The outfits were very pretty to look at. Um, one thing that I did not like was I did not like the talent show, but for reasons that I want to explain later on. If okay. that makes sense. All right. Okay. All right, all right. How about you? Uh, one, two things that I liked, um, this, now, now, you know, recently for Patreon, we covered All-Stars 1, and I really struggled every episode. In fact, people should know, uh, about one episode in, we switched it to two things you didn't like and one thing you did like yeah. for All-Stars 1, but, uh, um, I, I'm struggling more than I should. I, uh, two things that I liked, you know, to be honest with you, I really liked, um, I actually really liked Trixie's, uh, talent performance. And I'll say I really liked, I liked the fact that this is a more of a big general thing, but I liked what happened when Ben um, eliminated Morgan. I felt that made the show very interesting. Yeah. And I feel that's going to, it's going, what, what we're seeing from the Queens seems very prompt. Even if the Queens aren't the best Queens. And Larry Flick actually today, when I was on a serious show with him, brought something up like this. And we'll, we're going to get to the queens, but because they're not the A-list queens, mm-hmm. they're hungrier. And I think we're going to see a lot more ruthless behavior from the drag queens. One, the, the one thing I did not like, I did not like Milk's 
uh, variety show, show performance. Milk to Me, and we're going to get into this, obviously, should have been in the bottom two. But, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would I, absolutely agree with that. That was awful. That was awful. But what's funny is, uh, we'll get to when we get to it. All right. Um, in the empty workroom, each queen took one more chance to walk in and make a pithy comment. First up, Trixie Mattel. how i roll that is such a waste that would have killed if someone was here all right taylor the latte boy your thoughts on the entrance the performance the just general appearance of trixie mattel okay one thing that i would like to do is i'd like to mix things up a little bit sure whereas i normally we we normally toot or boot the looks on the runway i'd like to toot or boot the looks when everybody came in all right if that's okay. And by that, I am going to rate them on a zero to 10 scale. Great. That's how I'm going to do it. So, and you, and I know you don't necessarily care as much about that. So if you'll, if you want to do that, that's fine. But if you want to do it, just a tutor boot, I'm down with it. If that I well. remember, like for instance, I remember what Trixie wore. I remember what milk, actually probably remember what most of them wore. So if I, if I remember, I, I'll do it. I remember what everybody wore and I actually have a picture up of all of them standing together. So I can, if you don't remember, I can tell you. Okay. Okay, uh, I hated the look. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, lo- I love Trixie. Trixie is definitely one of my all-time favorite contestants on the show. But I, I, I feel as though Trixie, for as much as she tends to be very quick, she has a taste level that I question. And I, I don't get the whole need to dress like out of the JCPenney's catalog from 1985. And that seems to be where she always kind of goes to. Um I, I wrote uh, when she came in. I wrote down strawberry lemonade because that's kind of the the pink and the yellow all together. That's what that reminded me of, and the weird, crazy, stringy hair. I know she's trying to be like a Barbie doll, but it just it's not my favorite. Um, so I gave the look a four out of ten. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts about Trixie first coming in? I've never been a fan of, of Trixie's aesthetic. Um, I mean, I get the joke, and I get what she's going for. I'm just. To me, it's a one-joke outfit that seems to be every outfit. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's like it's like the, it's the same. It's like it's the it's the aesthetic equivalent of Hallelujah. Yes. Okay? okay. And so there's that. But but here's the the deal is even this one episode, even in this one episode, Trixie was so good in the confessionals that you realize that's what Trixie is there for. Trixie yeah. is so good commenting on the show and she's such a superstar there. She is actually very funny. Like the line that she had about um Bibi Zahara Benet's look during the variety show where she said, you know, she looked at the Lion King, you know, then going off Broadway was very funny. I laughed out loud at that. So she's really good at the confessional. So I'm happy that she's there because she's going to be a great person to comment on what's going on. But as far as what she brings as a drag queen, I'm very meh about it. And the look, I'm meh about it. I'll give it a five. Okay. All right. Next into the workroom, Milk. Just farted. <laughs> hey kids, Daddy's home. All right, Tamer the Latte Boy, your thoughts on milk? Explain to me what a zaddy is. It's so funny that you say that, and I'm going to actually look it up again on Urban Dictionary, but there is a definition which makes it 
grosser what he's saying. Okay. Oh, wait, I, uh, you know, I can look it up right here, actually. Hold on. I forget that. You can look it up on your computer. Yeah, I can look it up on my computer now that, now that I have this new fangled computer. I can look it up. And uh, a zaddy is a guy who's attractive and fashionable with swag and sex appeal. Oh. Yeah. Now, here's the deal is what I think is funny is Milk, throughout the episode, throws shade at Shangela and is, like, basically, like, so sick of this hallelujah, which, by the way, I'm with Milk on this. I, I agree 100%. Right? But I must have at least three times heard this Milk say, Zaddy's home. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, okay, we get it. This is your, there's always time for a cocktail. This yeah, is your stop hallelu- trying to- Yeah. Stop trying to make Zaddy happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that being said, motherfucker is hot. <laughs> he is. He is very hot. I, I'm, uh, you can't deny that. But it, yeah. but here's what here's what's unattractive is he knows it. Yeah, that there was a there was a smugness that was that was definitely very gross and wasn't there on season six. And as I was scrolling through. Um, Twitter this morning or last night, rather, I know that Mimi uh, had tweeted something that said, what's what's going on with the bitch edit with milk? So I'm not sure if that is just we have gotten a big head because we have, you know, we've grown into our looks or whatever, or if it's just the way that they're editing him at this point. But it's 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 not making me like him as much as I would like to like him. But at a certain point, he said what he said. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, ultimately, yeah. they, they, they can only use what he gives them. I'm just saying, have, having you and I just recently done season six, um, it, it feels like... He was very kind in season six. Yes. And, yeah. and this, this is just kind of a gross... It's just sort of gross. And, and honestly, and this, is, this may not be fair, but he says that he is friends with Mark Jacobs. Yeah. And that immediately gives me connotations in my head that are not just what I know about Mark Jacobs and Mark Jacobs' lifestyle that it makes me kind of like, oh, like, okay, so what else is going on? What else is going on? Well, Mark Jacobs is kind of known for some substance abuse issues and partying of that kind. And I, that's just not, that's not, that's not my jam. Again, mm-hmm. so that that's just kind of whereas milk before milk always seemed like wholesome and artistic. Now, whoa, shit! I just dropped something. Um, now we're kind of in this place of where we are a little obnoxious. We, we didn't realize how cute we were until everybody started seeing us on season six and was telling us how cute we were, and now we and now we know how cute we are. Do you think milk's hitting the booger sugar? <laughs> I don't know if milk's hitting the booger sugar or not, but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if milk has hit the booger sugar at one point or another. Allegedly. What do you and and his outfit? We, what were we going to give it? I hate the outfit. I absolutely hate the outfit. I hated when it was the weird matador thing on season six, and I am not a fan of denim in general. A particularly dark denim is just one of those, it just reminds me of 1982 tough skins that I didn't want to wear and my mom would send me to in fourth grade. So anything like that with the dark denim and the stupid weird mushroom hair and I, just not my favorite. Though I did think that Milk looked better than Trixie, so I gave Milk a 5 out of 10. What about you? It's funny, because I, th- I think incrementally, I also, I gave Trixie a 5, I give Milk a 6. I didn't hate the look, and 
He's a little avant-garde. He pushes he pushes the envelope. And uh, I, this look. Well, how at, much can you push the envelope with denim, though? Look, I've worn some denim where there's a lot of pushing of envelopes. <laughs> All right. Le- Levi Strauss is like turning in his grave when he sees what I do. <laughs> To his Levi final... Strauss is doing the Lord's work when you wear some of his jeans. Yeah, yeah. The stitching. Yeah, it's like a sausage casing a lot of times. <laughs> well, isn't it where they used to have the they used to have the uh, commercials where they would like put two like not two gorillas, but they would do something where they would like put it between two steers of je- jeans and they would try to rip the jeans apart and they couldn't get the jeans apart. Wasn't I don't there know. Something like I, that I, back I, in the seventies. I wasn't alive then, but. Uh, you were totally alive. I man. was not. I was born in 1987. But um, I'll tell you this: uh, there's nothing relaxed about a relaxed fit when I'm in it. <laughs> no one's relaxed. Uh, Next into the room, Chichi Devane. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! This ain't no dream. I'm back to the Bayou Queen. Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on Chi-Chi Devane? Chi-Chi, I love me some Chi-Chi. I love that Chi-Chi was kind of the underdog towards the end of season eight. Was that season eight? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. season eight. Season eight. Um, I am disappointed with her look. Her look is very simple, very, I mean, like, literally very Party City. Um with the you know the yellow trash bags and the yellow cheap uh New Orleans Mardi Gras hat. That being said, I love the color of this. I love the bright yellow. Yellow is one of those colors that very few people can wear and one group of people that I feel wear that color well are darker skinned African American people and I feel like it completely complemented her color. And she was very bright, and she seemed really happy when she walked in and cheery, and that part I loved. But I, the, the, the actual that she went back to trash bags again, and not in something more avant-garde, kind of disappointed a little bit. So I gave her a 5 out of 10 for her look. So, what about you? I feel with Chi-Chi Devane, you know, when she was wearing this uh, crap look... In season eight, you were like, oh, she's poor. You know, poor thing. We we kind of look what she's done with the little that she has. But it's like, bitch, you've been making some coin since this all season eight. And, and I'm not even guessing this. She's been on like World of Wonder little mini documentaries and whatnot, showing like, look, I mom, bought my mama a house and I did this and I did this with all the money I'm making now. But it's like she didn't spend the money responsibly and she should have invested more back into the outfits. And she just looks. She doesn't look like she's evolved in the in the past. That's a seasons. really good point. That's a really good point. There she, doesn't seem to be an evolution there. No, she's still back where she was in season eight. So I'm going to give it a four. Okay. One thing though. Yes. In her confessional, because when you when you know when you see some of them, and you think about what they looked like in their season, and we're definitely going to talk about somebody in a little while that's changed a lot. She went from having the big blonde hair to the short black curly hair. And it bothered me for two days trying to figure out who she looked like. And eventually I figured it out. And who is it, did Taylor? Ever, did you ever watch this uh, Cosby show back in the 80s? I think the Cosby show with this guy, uh, Dr. Bill Cosby. Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable, yeah. 
Uh-huh. Remember his son-in-law, Elvin? Oh, yeah. Elvin, yeah. I used to masturbate yeah. to him. Oh, okay. I did. Well, that took a that took a turn. but uh, Took a turn, yeah. Turn, was, turn all right. <laughs> a turn and a crank and a twist? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, th- Now, every time I see him, when it finally realized, I realized that's who he looks like. I'm thinking, Elvin is now doing drag in 2017. Elvin was hot. Elvin was kind of cute. I always kind of appreciated the fact that Elvin had a hairy chest. You think he had a hairy butt? He might have had a hairy butt. I never really thought about Elvin's butt, but I definitely... What about when the times... hair goes in the crack of the butt? Are you a big fan of that? Uh, that's that's not necessarily. I like when the hair kind of goes up the legs and maybe is on the bottom of the butt. That's, that is... If I had to, if I had to have a hairy butt, that would be the kind of hairy butt I would want to have. That sounded like I was talking about myself, but I met other people. Next in the workroom, Thorgy Thor. <laughs> oh my god. Ow. I think I just broke my ankle doing that. Okay, Thorgy Thor, your thoughts, Tana Volante Boy. Um, a couple of things. We're definitely embracing the clown a little too much. Like we get it, you know, even from the confessional outfit and that sort of stuff and it just seems like we, we we've definitely wandered away from drag into clown territory with some of our looks in this like with the exception of the talent show but it just it's uh, and i like okay br- bring it back bring it back to like your disco donna summer look and that that's the type of shit that i want to see from from thorgy um i definitely the one thing that kind of bothered me was they stayed too long on the camera with her doing the weird posing in the beginning for shots mm-hmm. that felt very behind the candelabra behind the fourth wall sort of thing that I did not like. And it just kind of, it, if anything, it kind of made her seem less genuine, even though I know all of them do that where they have them all kind of stand there and pose and that sort of stuff. The fact that they were, they stayed so long on her, it bugged me for some reason. So, and I, I loved the pants, but they're still very clown. So I gave her a five out of 10. I hated this look. So right now, that she gets a three. Okay? Okay. Also, like, even listening back to it, she is such the the the, the prototype for the sad clown. You know? Like, she's coming in all wacky, like, woo! Yeah! You know, doing his wackiness, you know, kicks and all that. Whereas, you know, like, the right before, when she was standing behind that door, she was doing the whole, like... Okay, get it together, get it together, get it together. Okay, and on. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck's wrong with you, Thorgy? You can do this, Thorgy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut up. Right? But uh, but what I was going to say is, but she she's obsessed with this Bob the Drag Queen in such a dark, dark way. And you can tell her time on season eight was not a positive experience for her. And it's so it's just a darkness. And we know yeah. people like this, where there's all smiles and sunshines and rainbows. Uh, I would say there's an, an inverse uh, relationship, an indirect relationship between the level of of it, the happiness you you put out there and how dark you are on the inside. And so these wacky people, like Authority of Thor is a perfect example. Like I'm wacky and I dress like a clown because you know why? Because you are you have a dark black soul. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to also relate to somebody else we're going to talk to later on, like talk about later on in the episode. 
Next in the workroom, Morgan McMichaels. I look pretty good for a dead bitch. She's alive! All right, so let's talk about this. Because the show never explains, before we even get to Morgan McMichaels, right. um, the show never explains what that line means. And they filmed the show in like early August, I believe, or late Yeah, mid- it, was, it was in the mid-summer. Summer. Yeah, late summer. And what had, hap- what had happened was, uh, she, I can't remember when, but Morgan McMichaels, who was a West Hollywood queen, was slated to perform... Uh, at Mickey's in West Hollywood and was also scheduled to perform with Tyra. And I can't remember, I think maybe because there was some sort of like Tyra made a joke about Raven or something. I don't remember what. It was some dumb season two fucking drama. And from, li- from literal eight years ago. Yeah. These we're season, still in middle school. Yeah. These yeah. season, there's, we're still in season two. Um, so Morgan tells the club owner she doesn't want to work with Tyra, to, uh, and it starts this whole thing. So Tyra on social media makes a post that that says that Morgan McMichaels has died. What she meant, what she says she meant, was she meant that Morgan McMichaels is dead to her. Okay, but I think she realized what that would do, and it started this whole thing where people thought Morgan McMichaels was dead, and there was this whole drama, and it became a huge thing, <laughs> and there was like an internet. D- thing about it and it was we even we even did like we sp- did a special patreon coverage yeah of what we, happened I, oh my god i forgot we did a whole episode on that yeah and so obviously when they filmed this this is fresh off of of this happening which i love that morgan mcmichaels is just such a narcissist that she thinks everyone a at that time even knows what she's talking about but two what then eight months later, people would still remember what she was talking about. That, and, and that's the thing, too, is like, for those of you out there in, in podcasting land listening, I mean, how many of you actually knew this was going on? I would say like 10% of 10% of the audience knew this was going on. By this 1%. So. <laughs> you beat me to the joke. God damn it. So. uh and so it's sort of like she just thinks everyone, these drag queens, I think these drag waste drag queens, think everyone is just consumed with them, thinking about them all the time. And thus the joke. And maybe in a way I'm glad they didn't explain it. So Morgan McMichaels, that's the explanation for that line. But Taylor, your thoughts on Morgan McMichaels, her entrance, her appearance, everything Morgan McMichaels. Okay. Her look when she came in, which was sort of like a, a champagne color dress with a maroon or brown wrap. I gave her a 7 out of 10. I thought she looked great with the big full hair, very fish, very just, you know. The the comment for those of us in the know was a funny comment. Mm-hmm. Then they get to the confessional look. <sighs> and I actually blanched when I saw her. She don't look good. She looks as if, like, um... One of those Irish bands that plays a lot during St. Patrick's Day hired a, an actual leprechaun to sing in the band. And then gave it meth. Yeah, and then gave it meth. <laughs> they paid it in meth. Well, um, she does live in a very methy area. Well, and I'm not saying that she does meth. I just. I so, just, everyone, the, for the record, Taylor has officially said that Morgan <laughs> Michaels is a meth she, addict. Just the weird, like. Like, I make jokes all the time about people when they get facelifts that eventually their ears are going to touch in the back of their head. Cause, but, like, her, she just seems so taut that, like, her eyes actually were further away from each other than they were before. And 
just like the eyebrows and it, it just everything was just it was distracting it was distracting to look at her because i kind of she's always she's always been a hard looking boy but in season 2 she was still a cute looking boy and i feel like 9 years later she's still trying to fit that boy thing mm-hmm. and she's not a boy anymore she's a man but she's trying to be a boy and it's it there was something that was just very disconcerting about her now that being said when i paused her picture during when i was when i was writing notes um watching the first 15 minutes cuz they released it a couple days early and i happened to catch her at a place where she actually when she doesn't move she actually i can see where there's some cuteness there mm-hmm. i can see she has very 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 pretty eyes as a boy and a girl she has these beautiful like hazily eyes but just th- there was something about her that was just concerning i guess was would be a lot of the, be- the best word to use but her look when she walked in i thought was great and that's why i gave it a seven so how about you i can't tell you why because i think in individual parts morgan mcmichaels is everything that i love in a drag queen i like her aesthetic i like that she's drama uh i think she gives great confessionals I think that uh, she tells it like it is. Like, and I do think she's talented, you know, but there's something about her. And maybe it's the very sharp features. Maybe she she looks like uh, uh, Beavis, but like like an older person, you know? Uh Um, I don't know. There's something that doesn't leave me... With a good taste in my mouth. Let me ask you this question. Do you think she has a hairy or non-hairy butt? Uh, well, she definitely has a hairy chest because on HD, you can see that she had to shave her chest because she had stubble, mm-hmm. which I thought was odd. Um, but I I don't I, – I would say she does not have a hairy butt. I would even say she doesn't have a butt. Well, she has to have something. You mean as far as, far as the roundness of a butt? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, felt, I tell you, it's very flat. Okay. Well, she's, she looks like somebody who is very little, very skinny. Yeah. So, and sometimes really, really skinny people, their legs just kind of go up to the middle of their back. Next in the workroom, Aja. Hey, yo, I have some unfinished business. Trixie, she told your act. Oh, no, you have to wait there. <laughs> I f*** it up every time. All right, Taylor Vellante boy, Aja. Um, I hated the look. Mm-hmm. I gave the look a three out of ten. I, however, this episode liked Aja more than I think I did her entire season. Oh, interesting. P- particularly, I, I feel like there has been, we're going to see some development. We're going to see some evolution in her from even the short amount of time from when she was off of season nine till till now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that her makeup skills have greatly improved from when she was on when she was on her season. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. The outfit though with the weird like blood on the like you know the dripping blood off the top of the bikini top and the weird like kind of plasticky the way it fit. I did not like that. Um, I loved her nails, but I didn't like the outfit. And that's why I gave her a three out of ten. Let's say you. I'll tell you this. 
I, and I know this is the big thing about how different she is now since season nine, I don't really see the big difference, either with look or with makeup or with anything. I think she's exactly the same as she was the year before. I feel this is sort of like she just decided she's different, but I haven't seen it. Maybe. Now, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But just maybe that she has pink hair. I don't know. She doesn't see... Like, she's talking about how she improved her chin. There's a moment during the variety show where she's reacting to something that the queens did, and she has that chin back. (laughs) Her skin seems... Now, by the way, I'm not knocking her skin, but... She talked about how her skin has improved, and it it seems to be the the same as as it was in the previous season. Now, everyone should know it's not just acne scars. She she suffered some sort of facial burn when she was a child, um, and it might even be like a sad story too. I don't remember, but um, as most children getting burned in the face are, mm-hmm. well, not all. Like, look. The, wow. Well, look. The kid from Christmas Story who got his tongue stuck in the um, the light post. Would you be sad if he got burned? Oh, I would be sad if anybody got any child got burned. I would be sad if any child got burned. You know the story about him, right? About Aja? No, about the the kid that got his tongue stuck to the um to the bowl the pole in a Christmas story. No, what's the story? He went on to make the movie The Toy with Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah. And then, I love that movie. And that, I watched that movie a million times when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of sex a, jokes in it. Yeah, there is a lot of sex jokes in it. But also, as he got into teenage years and he didn't really necessarily, he wasn't getting work as much, he eventually worked his way into where he befriended a lot of porn stars and was very much heavily involved in like porn companies mm-hmm, and sure. stuff and eventually starred in a porno. Oh, he did? Yes. Is he, then, was he cute as an adult? No. Oh. No, he was not cute as, as, at all. I I feel like I've seen, I know I've seen, like, it was an E! True Hollywood story, and they showed, like, scenes from, like, the waist up from him, and he was kind of had, like, the weird pot belly, and he had, like, a weird little patch of chest hair, like, between his chicken cutlet breast. It was just not a good, it was not a good look. Um... But he apparently starred in at least one or two porns. And then at that point, like Hollywood would have absolutely nothing to do with him at that point. And he realized that he made mistakes. And do you think he thought at the time, like, this is my ticket back? I'm going to be in a porn. He could, he could have been convinced maybe that people thought if you do this, you'll, you'll get your, you'll get back into mainstream entertainment. Is there anybody you can think of off the top of your head who was in something pornographic and then, did something big with their lives like in in, in terms of show business well i i think you know tracy lords would be somebody that eventually went on to make movies and but what movie name one of her movies her mainstream movies. crybaby she was in crybaby yeah but i'm not gonna look here's the thing i'm gonna argue with you here i don't feel john waters counts because john waters intentionally seeks out weirdos and porn stars well but that movie also had johnny depp which i granted yes okay i guess i understand i just proved your point but at the time, he wasn't considered a weirdo. He was just sort of this avant-garde actor. This Johnny like he was just trying different things. Was so hot when he was young. Oh yeah, when he was when he was on Twenty One Jump oh, Street and that whole area. Uh, I God, used to go so to Spencer beautiful. Gifts. You know, yeah, I didn't want anyone to know I was gay, and go to the Spencer Gifts and flip through the big poster, the big plastic poster things. 
Mm-hmm. And I pretend I was looking at the girls, but I was, I'd always be going back and forth between the Johnny Depp 21. Because in the Johnny Depp 21 Jump Street poster, you can see a little hint of bulge. Okay. And that you just, I would just, it drove me mad. It's like a 13, 12 year old boy or something. Ugh. And I would just go back and just look at his like VPL, you know, in his jeans. But it's a very slight VPL, just acceptable enough. Just like you would see in like in Teen Beat magazine or what is that what it's called? Um, Teen Tiger Beat. Oh, Tiger Beat magazine. Tiger Beat and, and 17, not 17, 16. Wasn't it yeah, 16? Yeah, 17. I, come on. It's too old. No. No, for you. Um, No, uh, 16 was, I think, the other magazine that my sister used to get in her stocking at Christmas. And eventually I would peruse all the pictures because that's what I did back then as a little closeted gay boy. Next in the workroom, Vendela Creme. Hi, everyone. It's me, Vendela Creme. Again. (laughs) All right. Your thoughts on Vendela Creme. Okay, um, I, she, I wrote the most about her than anybody else. All right. I definitely said six out of ten, but was swayed by the overuse of the dress. Um, had she not repurposed the dress from the Miss Congeniality a win, I probably would have given her a higher a higher score on that with that that look. Um, I definitely uh, feel I, – well, I don't know how much we want to talk about Ben now, but it's, as far as her initial look and everything, mm-hmm. 6 out of 10. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Ben extensively later on, so I'll just leave that here for now. All right. What about you? Um, I didn't like the dress, which is funny because I like the original dress, um, but I wasn't a big fan of this dress that she had. And um, I again, and I, you know what? I remember in season six thinking her entrance was annoying. You know, Ben Delacram is very, I would say in season six was very similar to what I said about uh, Thorgy Thor, where there was this fake niceness about her that you could tell was super phony and not real, and that she was really a dark human being. I do think with, you know, miscongeniality not an option here and with something more to prove and maybe some darkness that happened after the show, we started to see a peek into that dark soul of Ben Delacram. But uh, this entrance mimicking exactly almost move for move her entrance into the season six was annoying. It was just as treakly as it was before. And I wasn't a fan and I don't like it. And I'm going to give it a... Because I know what she has potential for, I'm going to give it a five. But it would have been a three any other way. Well, and you and I talked privately about the fact that even though they did eventually show everybody's original, that was the only one when they showed the initial... Um, uh, they, they released the first 15 minutes, but before that, they just released them walking in. And that was the only one that they kind of did the swipe back and forth where she almost walked in exactly the way she walked in through the um, the doors the first time. And when I said to you, I thought they're 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 trying to throw shade at Ben because at first, when I first watched it and they compared it, it looked like she had had a weight gain, like where they were kind of showing, oh, look how she used to look. And now she's, you know, put on some extra weight and that kind of stuff. But watching it the second time, watching it in HD versus on my phone, it almost looks like she's lost weight. I don't know. You know, it's only been three years since season six, but she looks considerably older. 
Well, and I think that we're going to learn why she looks older. Because that stupid crown? (laughs) Jughead. Um, I, yeah, the, the comment that Ben made of the, so where have you been kind of thing? You know, we have nobody really heard from Ben for a while. I thought, okay, well, that's the first seed for a storyline. That that's we're planting a seed for an arc. Yeah, because I, I was never under the impression she stopped performing. I think like a lot of those Seattle queens, they stay local. But uh-huh. um, I I don't I, I never got the impression she, that's like saying like, well, where's Robbie Turner been? You know, she's from that same scene. I just I just think they stay in Seattle. I think a more important question would be who's Robbie Turner? She was in season eight. I know it was a joke. Next in the workroom, Kennedy Davenport. Uh oh. Round two, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, your thoughts on Kennedy Davenport? All I wrote was one of my favorite quotes from All Stars 2, and that was choices. She looked a hot mess. She looked ridiculous. I gave her a two out of 10. And the only reason she got a two was because I love that color yellow on African-American people. And I, that just, I love, the, I love the color, but all of the little mirrors and the weird mask and the crazy hair, like the coming to America hair with, you know, the, the, huge, it, it, the whole thing was just, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, God. I didn't hate this look. Really? It was very drag. I thought it was kind of fierce to enter the workroom that way with that high hair. And uh. like, look, would a normal human being wear mirrors all over their body? No, but that's sort of, I, that's what I love about drag. My favorite part about drag is when they push the boundaries of what femininity can be. And so I actually, I actually like this look. It's not a look I would, if a real person really wore this look out in public, I would think that person was a crazy person. But on for drag, on RuPaul's Drag Race, entering the workroom that way, I think it's kind of sickening. Uh, I think it speaks to her taste level. I'm not saying she has a, a good taste level. I'm just saying well, but for I, that entrance. I want you, if you have a bad taste level, I want you to have a good taste level about you. I want you to understand you have a bad taste level and put it together in a way that makes sense that whole outfit did not make sense that you could have taken the dress the diamonds and the hair the three of them together just don't mesh well to me any one of those would have worked had you changed the dress or changed the hair or done something different the whole thing together was just not i oh no 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 Next in the workroom, Shangela. Well, hello, who could this be? Looks like the box got an upgrade and so did I. Hallelujah, I'm back, bitches! Again. All right, Tana the Latte Boy, your thoughts on Shangela? I gave this look an 8 out of 10. I loved this look. It's very basic. I get that. But I love the color of the Tiffany blue plus the white, you know, and the, the big bow in the hair and her hair and everything like that. And I love the fact, even though I, I Hallie Lou has got to go, I love the fact that she had that written on the skirt and everyth- everything about this was a fun 
bright, cheery look. So, and that was, that was at this point with all of the queens that were in, this was my favorite look. So eight out of 10. I don't know what it is. Just like I said, like, it's almost like the similar thing with Morgan McMichaels. You know, again, I was on Sirius, um, on Larry's show on Sirius today, and everyone across the board was just obsessed and in love with Shangela. And I even threw out there, I said, even despite this, don't you think she says hallelujah too much? And they're like, no, we like when she says it. Oh, no, I agree with you on that. I, I agree with and you on that. And I, there's something about her that, and, and look, when I was, I rewatched the talent show performances right before we we recorded today. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, she is a pro. She's clearly done, and we'll get to the talent show performances in a second, but she's clearly done that talent show number many 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 times she has it down and she right when you see her you see a pro and i don't know why i just don't like her i just don't i think i think she seems needlessly extra like if she stopped saying the hallelujah you know i'll be honest with you, if she stopped saying the hallelujah that would probably add three points to what i feel about her okay but there's just something like okay, like it, it to me it it screams a lack of self confidence that she doesn't realize she's talented enough and professional enough that she can she doesn't need to do that. Well, it it kind of there isn't any, and this isn't a word that we normally use to discuss the show, but there there isn't any humility to it. There is this kind of this again, again, I have to show everybody, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I do the crazy dance numbers where I swing my hands around and everything. But th- there's there isn't anything where it, it kind of it kind of shows a I, 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 I get I get what you're saying kind of thing. Up until I think when she got her critique during judges panel, I feel like she said they said something to her and she said, okay, thank you. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, she, that's what I'm saying. She has all the elements of a great drag race contestant down. And look, I even concede she's probably going to win the whole thing. And I'll even say she probably deserves to win the whole thing. But it just, there's just something where I was like, meh, about her. Like, right. like I don't think she would have done well in All-Stars 2. No, she would have gotten eaten alive on All-Stars 2. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm just talking about her look for the, I, you know, when I give her the eight out of 10, she's not my front runner as far as who I want to win. I was just talking about when the, the, the box went down and she was standing there. I thought, I thought she looked great and her makeup looked really great too. After all the girls were introduced, RuPaul had them gather around and she welcomed the competition, but just, no, she didn't. What did that mean? Had them gather around and she welcomed them to the competition. But just as the contest was poised to start, RuPaul had one more trick up her sleeve. Y'all ready? Yeah! <laughs> oh, 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 but, but wait. Before the race starts officially, I have just one more queen I'd like to introduce into the competition. Shangela's right there. Lock the door. Are they seriously doing this? (laughs) Say what? After the break, RuPaul announced to the Queens who the 10th competitor would be. (laughs) I have just one more 
queen I'd like to introduce into the competition. Oh, we heard this already, but... That's right. America's OG drag superstar, all the way from Cameroon, Miss Phoebe Zaha Benet. Hello, my beauties. My name is Phoebe Zahara Benet, and you may not recognize me, but I am the very first crown queen of RuPaul's Drag Race. All right, uh, let's just stop there for a second. Taylor, your thoughts on Bibi Zahara Benet. Well, I would like to back up about 10 seconds from before she presented Bibi. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that we've seen Rue where normally when she do, when they do the, you know, the the announcement where she's in the black V-neck dress and she's got the big blonde hair that I am assuming that for season 10 or rather for season 9 when there was all of the uh sc- scandal regarding makeup and everything that they had filmed all of those before the incident with Matthew, the alleged incident with Matthew. And so that's why she kind of kept the same look. This is the first time we're seeing her with new makeup compared to what she normally looks like. And it did not look good. It to me was very kind of like just something's like something's wrong with your television set sort of thing. So I uh, actually had asked our roving reporter Taffy Carlisle Huffington to watch that part of the show to see what I'm seeing that looks so different or what may be wrong with Rue's face kind of thing. Well, I need to stop you for a second. Taffy Carlisle Huffington is one of your co-hosts on Pod is My One co-pilot. of my co-hosts on Pod is my co-pilot. That's right. That's right. She's not, And she's not somebody that normally watches the show, so she doesn't necessarily know what to compare it to, but she just kind of had she, – she – she just watched it and I said, what, what's going on with the makeup? And she said that she thinks that either rips, ri- rips, mm-hmm. Rue's lips are either overdrawn or she's had some sort of filler or Botox. I, do, I don't remember this. I didn't notice. So, okay. If you go back and watch one of the old episodes and then watch this part again, there is a glaring difference in makeup style with this, which makes sense because she doesn't have Matthew anymore. I'm assuming that Raven. And Raja are doing her makeup this season. I I don't really know, but it just there was there was a difference. And then when she came down in the suit, her face looks different too. So I I'm wondering if Rue maybe had a little work done. Okay. So that's just kind of a side comment that I was noticing. I spied with my drag queen eye. I don't know. Um, BB Zahara Benet. If we're, if, I'm, if we're going back to the reading, I give BB a 10 out of 10. This dress was beautiful. She looked beautiful. She looked amazing. I, I, I was blown away because I was kind of expecting the crazy, um, the crazy wild like lion hair, which she, which, which she did kind of wear in the talent show. But she looked very regal and very much she I read something that says that she based the dress on Lupita Nyong'o's dress from the, uh, the Golden Globes. I think from a couple of years ago and she, but it was a Ralph Lauren print or maybe the dress was Ralph Lauren. I'm not sure, but it, 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 she she looked gorgeous. So tens, tens, tens across the board. What do you feel about the controversy that maybe, you know, the Queens are feeling that BB Zahara as a previous winner should not be there, that it feels odd for her to be there. I can see where it would feel odd. I definitely would feel like she's had, she's had her moment in the sun, Let's let somebody else get take a chance and um and I think if they tried it with a Sharon or a Bianca or a Bob, 
I think there would be even more backlash against it unless they were doing a season of all previous winners. Mm -hmm. She is in this weird little pocket universe, though, of when the show was very small, when nobody watched it, where it's close to impossible to get. You know, you can't find it online anywhere. So I can see where she would maybe do that as a, as a contestant to bring that back to break, to give her a chance to be seen by a larger audience that maybe doesn't know who she is. Because when you watch those little video clips that where she says, I was the original winner. I mean, even like the video that VH1 showed is horrible. It looks like a copy of a copy of a copy, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I can see, I don't have a problem with it as much as I thought I did. But I think also part of that is because she brought her a game. She was, she was fierce. And I think it, I think it does light an additional fire under the other Queens asses. But then my whole thing is like, why not bring back, like they should just redo season one. As like a- well, and it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I did something tonight that I don't normally do, which is I went on Reddit. Uh-huh. I went on dry queen Reddit um and drag race reddit and was because i was looking for the looks i was looking for like you showed me the one thing that we used for season six and um somebody in there was talking about her and they said they should do a drag race season 1.1 where they bring back all of the contestants and then do like what it wouldn't take away from her original win but it would be something where, the, you know, to give all of the all those original contestants more exposure. And there was some talk in there about whether or not that would work. So I think that, you know, even though we've seen a bunch of them on all-star seasons, you know, it's 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 worth at least talking out as a, as a possibility. Do I think it would happen? No, but it's it's a neat idea. All right, after some banter about the fairness of it all, RuPaul jumped right into the reading challenge. First up, Thorgy Thor went in on her least favorite drag queen. Wait, do you know where my wallet is? What? Chi-Chi, did you take it when you stole my spot in the top five of season eight? Oh! oh. is the most annoying thing I've ever met in my life. She's like a pull-up toy that says hallelujah. But the only thing more annoying than Chantula is Bob the Drag Queen. Oh! <laughs> In my opinion. Oh, By the way, Rue, do you know me and Aja used to work together in Brooklyn? No, I didn't know that. Do you know she's a straight up witch? She cast a spell on the producers. How else do you think she ended up on All Stars? <laughs> a little later, Trixie took her turn to throw some shade. Aja, oh. you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. You look like Seal. <laughs> wow, Milk, you put a lot into this look. What? 2%? <laughs> Angela. Hey! What if this season we put you in a box? Because you're gonna lose. <laughs> Benedict Crammel, who was named the winner of the challenge, took her shot at the girls. Well, I'm very excited to read all of my sisters. Oh, Thorgy, I love this full outfit. I usually only get to see about this much when you're handing out balloons from that sewer grate. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Shangela, you have come so far. Initially, your makeup was kind of busted and your outfits were a mess and your personality was super grating. But look at how far you've come now. You are much older. (laughs) Trixie. Now, a lot of people clock your makeup, but I totally get it. You know, you're just painting for the back of the room, which makes sense because that's where your audience collects if you remember to lock the door. (laughs) 
<laughs> and BB, I hear that this is the year that you might get two crowns, which is really not a lot of dental work as far as those early seasons are concerned. <laughs> Okay, now, Taylor, we're going to stop right here for a second. I have pulled okay. all of the reading challenges. Uh, ben got by far the most time, by almost like three times. Um, but if, are there any ones that you said, could, do you have this? Because I remember this one being particularly bad or particularly good, or there was a joke in there. Like, anyone, anybody that you remember? Nothing that sticks stands out except for the seal comment was the one that made me laugh the hardest. Milk had that really, let's see here. Milk had that really good joke about Shangela. It's okay, I'm gonna see you this bitch. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Kennedy Davenport, the only queen that doesn't have to turn to look both ways before crossing the street. Willikers. <laughs> I hate you. Shangela. I always thought her name was Angela, and people were just telling her to shut up. <laughs> um, that was a good joke, the Shangela one. And the, the, the Kennedy one, that don't have to look both that, that. I don't get that it. That is, because her eyes kind of, if you look at her, eyes sort of go in two different directions. Oh. So, it's, it, it's. My favorite kinds of reading challenges are the ones where they go after each other physically. Those always tend to be the ones, and not like necessarily fat, but the you know my my all time favorite read is Juju B. You know, tell me is your barbecue canceled because your grill is fucked? Mm-hmm. That that type of humor, I enjoy that when they go after each other that way. Now, what were so, your thoughts on the reading challenge? They were okay. I've definitely seen better ones. Um, there, I didn't feel like there was any stinkers, but there was no that I will remember that for ever as a as a drag race. No, you know, there was there was nothing that that stood out in that regard. I I I think that these reading challenges get worse and worse every single season. This was horrible. It's just now they're just at a point where it's like <laughs> Taylor the Latte Boy. It's no wonder your name's Taylor. It sounds like Gaylord. And yeah. latte. Is it because you like to eat a latte? Because you're fat. Mm. You know, like, it's like, that's the joke. It's like, really? It's like, super dumb. Yeah. I don't get well, it. Well, I, but I mean, I think that is much like with different, other different things that they've done. They know what to expect now. So they come into the season knowing there's going to be a snatch game, knowing there's going to be a reading challenge, knowing that there's going to be, you know, different things like that. So they come in prepared. Whereas I think the early on, you appreciated the fact that they really didn't have time to prepare. They were able to come up with things much quicker. Whereas now, you know, when you've been accepted to be on an all-star season, especially an all-star season, because they've all done it before. They've all done the reading challenge. They that you you're you're not getting that initial organic reaction to things. You're getting that I've prepared a list of things about these potential contestants as we talked about on the first response that you said that uh Katya had said that they were kind of given a list of potential other contestants on the show and they just had to come prepared. Yeah. So whereas I think that that which is why they wait to do the reading challenge until later on in the season on the other seasons, because that way they all get to know each other a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I forgot to put this in the script, but I had pulled this clip. I think it's important for not only the season, but for the show. In case there are people who haven't ever watched the show before, even though I don't know why you listen to this podcast. But once again, RuPaul explained the rules for elimination, the very special all-star rules. Let me play that right now. All-star rules are in full effect. Each week, the top two queens will lip-sync for their legacy. The winner will receive a $10,000 tip, plus the power to eliminate one of her fellow queens. After the reading challenge, RuPaul immediately delivered this week's Maxi Challenge. All right, ladies, it's time to get ready for your big comeback to the main stage. For this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll be headlining in an all-star variety show. Hello. Back in the workroom, Ben Delacreme shared who she expected to see in the competition while Milk in the confessional shares his thoughts on Ben. And I have to say that I really thought Valentina was going to be here. Me too. And I am disappointed because I am now like the Miss Congeniality who like if I am like a bitch, that's going to look terrible. But if Valentina was here, she's just like already automatically the worst about that. (laughs) I like Ben. I just think she can come across as trying to be congenial. But I don't think that that's actually who she is. I think she will be congenial to get exactly what she wants. Later, Ben De La Creme listens to Morgan's thoughts on who would be eliminated if Morgan won the lip sync battle. How do you feel about the whole elimination setup? I like it. Do you? I'm just going to send the bitch home that I think is the strongest. Really? It's exactly what I'm going to do. That is terrifying. Well, the thing is, I mean, why lie about it? Like, you know, everybody played Kumbaya last year, and it was like, here, we are all friends, we are all sisters, but, like, at the end of the day, $100,000. My strategy for sending girls home, it isn't shady, it is honest. This is a game. You have to play it to win it. And I love the girls, but I want to win. I feel like it would be like career suicide to look straight in the camera and say, that person's my biggest threat, go home. But you don't just have to deal with like what other people's response is. You have to deal with like how you feel about how you won or didn't win. But if you're honest, then there's no fast one being pulled. If you're straight up from the, the jump, then there's no, there's no mincing of words. There's no mix, mix up in It's the hard though, because it's like a room full of fan favorites. With the exception of me. That's true. But it is. I mean, no, like the tea, yeah. Everybody in here is a fan favorite, except I'm not worried about that. Morgan is talking about she's gonna eliminate the strongest queens to knock out the competition. Sweetie, that's a great strategy that you should not have said out loud in front of all these queens. Would you say that it's not RuPaul's best friend race? Well, Sean said it, I didn't. Now, look, let's say I, I was very aware what a long clip that was, but I think, and we learned right. our lesson with All Star 2, All Stars 2. That you need, we need, we need to hear these talks because they're going to come up later. And I think t- what happened this week and this conversation and what will be other conversations later on will haunt the queens for episodes to come, is my guess. So yeah. that's why I played that clip. But uh, Taylor, your thoughts on Ben De La Creme, on Milk sort of calling out the duplicity of Ben De La Creme, and also what Morgan told Ben in the workroom. I, okay. Well, we definitely saw what happened with Ben and Morgan later on. Um, 
I I think that this is going to be the season in which we see the dark side of Ben Delacreme. I I think that it is very clear. You know, you talked about somebody that's terminally chipper. The, the you know the opposing the, you know the mirror version of it usually means a very dark person who has very dark things. Um, the skewed morality, for lack of a better word, um, and decision making she made at the end of the episode. You know, the comments of she sort of disappeared and nobody knew where she went and and that kind of thing. The reason that they're they're saying they're putting all these little things out there, Milk's comments about, like you said, you know, she's congenial to get what she wants. That's her that's her manipulation. You're, you're, you're planting seeds. You're planting seeds at this point for this storyline of which at some point we're going to see a crack. We're going to see some ugliness. And it's going to look like a deranged housewife from the sixties. I, 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 it, it worries me for Ben because I do, I do like Ben. Ben is one of those people that you want to root for. My fear is that at some point I will stop wanting to root for her. I think you know. Again, Larry started this point on a serious show, and I'm going to take it and run with it, which is that. My feeling is that All-Stars 2 had A-list queens. And because they had nothing to prove, they were self-confident enough to be, to focus on the sisterhood. And if you remember, in All-Stars 2, when they had to eliminate another queen, now granted, they were shocked by this twist in the elimination strategy, but... When they had to eliminate, it was very emotional. Like every week was very emotional. Right. They didn't like doing it. But as as I stated on a previous episode, these are B list queens, and you can you can be offended by that or not offended by that. But the uh, it, the truth is the quality of who these queens are on the show in terms of like if you have A-list celebrities and you have B-list celebrities this is the B team this is not who you're thinking of as all-stars from RuPaul's Drag Race and because of their B-list status they're going to be more cutthroat because they have something to prove the queens from a couple of years ago had nothing to prove the queens from this year have a lot to prove. They need to claw their way to the top. And for that reason, this is why it may not it may not carry the star power of All-Stars 2. But I think what we'll see as the season progresses, it's going to be a lot more cutthroat and a lot more backstabby. And 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 we're going to hear about this later on when we get to the elimination strategy that there is no they're, they have not coalesced around an elimination strategy as much as Ben wants it to be. And like I said, Ben is a perfect person to have in here because the person that Ben pretended to be on season six and to an ex- we see we're already seeing the darkness on this one. But in season. Oh, th- yeah, that's. Yeah, in, absolutely. In season six, she was nothing but effervescent the entire time, whenever you saw it. You know, or she was always, if she wasn't effervescent, it, there was this, like, Darien Lake was, like, attacking her. And she was, like, a wounded little bird. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe, why would someone say that? You know, but but we're stuck. I think because she doesn't have a, a, a miscongeniality prize to win, she's not worried about that. So I think we are in for a bumpy ride. Uh, and like I said, there are no... Um, 
We are not discussing spoilers, we're not discussing rumors, and we're not discussing conspiracy theories on this show anymore, unless you go to Patreon, where Evan Ayers and myself will have a show that I think I'm going to call The Rumor Mill, okay? (laughs) And that's where Evan and I will discuss, you know... We will discuss who all the conspiracies on Reddit. We will discuss all the rumors, all the conspiracy theories, and 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 all everything that you hear about in not just Reddit but in in the whole RuPaul's Drag Race world. If you would like to listen to this, you need to go to Patreon.com/slash Drag Race Recap, and for as little as one dollar a month. You can have access to that show, which will come out in the middle of the following week from each every episode. So, um. Make sure to go to patreon.com slash drag race recap. Sign up. It's $1 and you get that every week for the run of the new episodes. Evan and myself talking about the rumors, what's to come, what we think is coming down the pipeline. And that's if you want to hear that stuff. Okay. Uh, you don't have, by the way, even if you don't want to hear it, you can support us. There's a lot of good things that are going to be happening here. Longer versions of this show, perhaps. Uh, also along with, um, we are, you know, we covered season six and we covered all stars one in the off season. And you would have access to those if you, if you, if you subscribe at a higher level. Okay. So that said, let's move on now to the all star variety show. Uh, it was time for a talent show and the gal- girls all took their turns at the stage. Uh, it's not really worth it because it's very visual to play sound clips, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down queen by queen what they did and then Taylor and I are going to talk about it. First up, Shangela uh, did some dancing and a lip sync. Taylor, your thoughts on Shangela and her dancing slash lip sync? Uh, I, okay. You knew we were talking about I- this. No, oh. I know, but but I kind of wanted to talk about it generally first. Okay, what was and your general kind of, take first? Then? My general first is my general idea at first was that I did not care for this one as much as I did the last one to some degree because the idea of this was it was an all star talent show, and I feel like we got half a talent show and half a drag show. I don't. I think get, you're being well, generous by saying half. Okay, well, I, 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 I don't think it's right. Not right. Right's not the right word. I, I, I think the fact that five of the ten contestants all showed up with singles that they could release on iTunes or Spotify, that they were going to lip sync versus other queens that did other things or, or sang... I think I th- I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with that. And and I know that's going to get me some hate comments and I I really kind of don't care. When you think about last season of the how many contestants were there on All-Stars 2? 10? Yeah. 12? I think maybe okay. yeah, 8 or 9 or 10, did, I don't know. Did any of them lip sync? Uh Coco Matrice did something, right? No, she just did the weird dance to like the third. Okay, season. but I think okay, this is where I think you're giving the girls a not fair shake. They kind of said something that hinted what was going on, and I think there was not. I wouldn't necessarily call it rigor morris, mm-hmm. but I think what happened. In fact, I was talking to um, you know uh, Patreon co-host Evan Ayers today, and he was saying, "I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll go deeper into this next week on our rumor mill show, but." He was saying that the girls were told to present something that would be TV-friendly, that was very visual, okay? One. Two, 
uh, they kind of hint that these songs were created for them by the producers because remember there's a licensing issue so i'm sure the producers were like listen unless you have your own song already we need you to record one and and with the exception of shangela i would guess that bb aja for sure morgan mcmichaels uh definitely milk these were all songs that were produced in-house at world of wonder for the purposes of this episode so maybe not because if you you listen to them they have that same overproduced sound that like used to get with the lucian piani songs and we're going to see it next week actually with the divas live show they have that same they have a sound a production sound to it and they have that same sound and so i think that's what we were seeing go ahead I feel like the BB song is a single of hers that she had out earlier, and it could be. So I don't know. I don't know that that, but that's necessary. And but that might have been produced by World of Wonder. I don't know. But uh, and and that of all of the songs was the only one of all the lip sync songs was the only song that I actually liked. And I feel like she kind of that almost more accompanied. And I know you wanted to go down the list of everybody, and I'm bouncing around, so I apologize. But that was almost more an African dance. That had a little bit of lip syncing versus the whole, th- like, particularly getting back to Shangela, that was just a lip sync. That was just a lip sync to her own voice. I, but that's what that's what House of Edwards does. Uh, whenever you see House, now I've gotten to see House of Edwards perform several times, either at the pre-show for the finale or when you're at DragCon. They do put on quite the show at DragCon at their booth and they do this kind of stuff. And this is just what house of Edwards does. That, that number was, well, you can tell straight from their house of Edwards show. Oh, and I know that because I know the whole list. I need, I need, I need to be on, you know, whatever the stupid thing that she does, but I, it just bothered me when you, especially when you put it up against, when you put up the lip sync performances versus somebody like Thorgy who played the violin, like um, Trixie, Trixie, you know, uh, the even the dance, like you know, Kennedy's dance and Chichi, Chichi. Well, okay, we'll get to Chichi later. But um, you know, where, where there, there's something beyond what is expected. You expect when you see a drag queen, and this probably isn't a fair statement, but again, it's my statement. When you see a drag queen, you kind of expect them to be up there lip syncing in a dress and spinning around and stuff. So if I'm going to a talent show. That's if I'm going to a drag show. If I'm going to a talent show, I want to see something different. I want to see something. Why beyond the fact that we know you can move your mouth around for three minutes to somebody else's song? Why should what talent are you bringing that makes us believe that you should be the next drag all star superstar? Well, once again, well, one, this doesn't really solve the problem, but they called it a variety show this year, not a talent show. But that said, there was very little variety. All the same, it was all the same number. One, yeah. you're right. I made this comparison today. It would be as if you and I went to a podcasting festival and they had a talent show at the podcasting festival and you and I went up there and did podcasting. Yeah. Hey, bitch, we all know that it's what we all do. What they do, what, what a lot of these queens did was no different from what they do every other week, which is funny because let me ask you this question. Just going based off memory. From All Stars 2, from that talent show... What do you remember? Which numbers do you remember? I remember Katya's gymnastics. Okay. I remember Roxy's burlesque. Mm-hmm. I remember Tatiana's the same parts. Mm-hmm. The spoken word. The, the spoken word. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, 
trying to think who I'm, I'm going through in my head. A detox played the drums with the paint. A horrible number. But it was different. A horrible number. That should have been a variety show. I remember show. it. There was a variety. No, no, I'm saying no. That was a talent show last time. But like, if I would have seen D, that going backwards from what I said earlier, if detox, I hated that number in All Stars too. If detox would have done that this year, it would have been the best number. Yeah, don't you agree? If she would have done it that, would, this it would have been up there. Yeah, and that was one of the worst. Adore saying, Adore absolutely Adore saying. Um. I'm trying to remember who was there, which is horrible because I. Uh, Alaska. What did Alaska? Alaska did like a comedy song. Yeah, but she sang she it. She sang right? it. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, there was, uh, there was lo- even if there was songs. There oh, was then Ginger sang that vocals. horrible song, and then yeah. a lot of singing. Because remember, Fifi O'Hara did that like the acapella number. Yeah. God, All Stars Two was so fucking good. <laughs> so when you compare it to this something that you're right that something that if even if it was produced by world of wonder and it's something a new song specifically for them with their voice it's something that they do on any saturday night at mickey's you know monday random thursday night whatever i was trying to make a point um it, it just it really it kind of i i was sort of like oh Okay, so we're doing another. Even when they talked about it in the workroom, where they said, you know, oh, I brought a track and I'm going to lip sync to my own track, and then they were all like, oh, well, I'm doing that too. I'm doing that too. It just, uh, no, no, no. I was, I was not as entertained with on a whole as I was with All Stars Two Variety slash Talent Show. Uh, all right, so let's do this. Um, since we covered it in the in in in, uh, in detail in the general sense, I'm gonna go through the list. You just tell me how many lipsticks out of ten you give it. Ready? Shangela, who did okay. dancing slash lip sync. Uh, I would say a three or a four. I am not a big fan of Sh- Shangela. To me, she gives a lot of energy. It's so spastic to me that it's just, it, and I get that that's the whole her and Alyssa Edwards and Laganja. That's what they do, and they just. But it, it to me was not somebody in one of the bonus reads I saw today said you make epilepsy entertaining, and that's kind of what I always get from her. So I would say I would say like a three. Really, I thought it was uh, because she's done it a billion times, obviously, and it was very professional. I'd give it a six. Okay, all right. BB Zahara Benet did a lip sync. I would give that one, I would definitely give that a five or a six only because it seemed like the lip sync, the song was not the primary focus. It was more about her dancing. She wasn't dancing. Which was, BB danced. No, she did not. Look at it again. She she danced. She did that weird thing with her legs in the beginning and then she was kind of doing like the African moves. I sort of felt she was just walking around. Uh, I felt like there was more of a choreography. The only thing missing was her collecting dollars as she was doing it. I liked it more than Shangela, so I would give that one a six. Four on my end. Thorgy Thor, violin. Thorgy Thor, I would definitely, I would give a seven. No, I would, I would give, I would give an eight because it was something. How often do you see a drag queen playing the violin? It was something different. I thought she did a really good job. I thought it was beautiful. Um, the hair was ridiculous, but the whole thing I thought was, it was, it was interesting to watch and it was entertaining. So in that regards, I would give it, I would give it a, I would give it an eight. Uh, I'd give it a five because it was, and that's only because 
it was interesting because it was violin. But it was I, I, I was like a, a song I didn't know, and I was like, it, it was just sort of, it sort of felt like watching your friend's kid. Like they make you, everyone gather around, gather around. Our kid's gonna play the violin. And you're like, ugh. Okay, Aja. She did dancing slash lip sync. Aja, I would give a. Okay, I'll give a five to Aja, because it is the lip sync slash. It's a lip sync slash dance. I love a death drop. I'm getting tired of death drops. I'm getting really tired of death drops. But that one was a, that drop. one was a pretty sickening one, though. Well, that was a sickening one. But at some point, at some point, somebody's going to hurt themselves. At a certain point, they're going to make, "Where'd she go?" And she's going to just fall from the ceiling. <laughs> right. The, I mean, it's it's you know, it was it, it was worth it for the because I felt like that was a genuine reaction from Rue <laughs> when she hit the ground. So in that regards, it was worth it, but. <clears throat> <laughs> and all of the where she like kind of did the duck walk down the runway and everything. I it was I'll I'll give that one a five. She also she had that uh coat on when I saw her at Battle on the Catwalk in December. Uh I would give it a six. I thought it was really good dancing. Even though it was just dancing, okay. lifting everyone, she was she was probably one of my she's probably my favorite, actually. Okay. All right, Kennedy Davenport, just dancing. Kennedy Davenport, I would give a I'd give a seven too because I mean one, it's just dancing. She didn't try to incorporate lip syncing to a song. She is a crazy dancer. They're all kind of in that where we're just gonna we're gonna be spastic, and she's she's a little big on the death drops. However, that thing where she rolled up onto the box was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. So I'll give that a did I say a, a seven? I'll give her a seven for that. She gets the extra point just for that spin onto the box. It would have been a seven, but I feel a lot of her dancing is just like, look, I can twirl my wig around. And I, I know she's the dancing diva of Texas, but like. Mm. Okay. Ben de la Creme did burlesque. Ben, that was my favorite one. I gave I gave her a nine. I thought it was I thought it was fun. It was campy. It was entertaining. It was silly. And it had it had a charm to it, but you know, not but no, it had a charm to it. It was my favorite one, so I would give it a nine. All right, uh, I would give it a seven. I've seen better. Okay. Chi Devane, baton twirling slash dancing. <laughs> oh, you poor bitch. Um, she was just a hot mess. She she the outfit with the green like Muppet skin on the front and the hair in the face and the, I get the shoes. I, they were giving her grief about the shoes, but, and I, and I get that it definitely shortened her and it made her chunkier and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, it was just a big mess. I, I would say that it was probably, she deserved to be in the bottom two. I would give her a two out of 10 on that. I'd give it a two as well. I think I agree with that one. It was it was not cute. It wasn't good. Morgan McMichael's lip sync slash dancing. Horrible. Horrible. And the weird, I'm going to focus all of my energy at the other queens versus the audience. And we had like the Ursula wig that the couple of locks kept kind of flying off the side, like they weren't staying attached. That was distracting. And again, it was it was a lip sync that she could do anywhere. I'd get a three. 
Three out of ten. I'd give it a four. They clearly had the song. Because she even says, like, you can tell she wanted to do a, a well-known song. That's what she does. She dances. To, she lip syncs to very well-known songs. And the producer was like, no, we're not paying for that. And she had to make up this. They, they worked with her to make this dumb song that was very specific about the show. Right. And, um, and it sounded like an in-house production house music. And uh, so I don't really blame her for that. The, the wig, sometimes shit happens. I'm going to give it a four. Okay, Trixie heard Trixie singing that country song. I love that song. I, I thought that song was great. I I love Trixie's album. Um, in fact, one of the songs made Pot is my co-pilot's Thanksgiving mixtape this year. Uh, and it was just a very for somebody that is with the sharp, funny wit and everything. And I also get she kind of looked like Dolly Parton on an old episode of the Barbara Mandrell variety show in the, in the seventies. It was still, it was a very charming, very pretty song. I would, I'd give that, I'd give that, that might've been my favorite performance. Yeah. It might might be my favorite too. Yeah. So I would, I would say, I would say that was a, that was a 10 for me. Plus she also looked the look with the, you know, the floor length, the gingham and the, the big, big bouffant hair. And it was, that's, it was a, it was a good song. I have, I looked for the song this morning online and i wasn't able to find it but apparently sometime later in the morning or in the afternoon she released it as a single so uh, i'd give it an eight and finally milk milk was horrible milk that was a horrible annoying horrible ridiculous horrible repetitive horrible horrible performance so i would give that one a two i'd give it a one it was dumb okay i know she was trying to be a paper doll and it was just all she did was just walk around and put cardboard in front of her cardboard doll cutouts. It was really kind of stupid. All right. Yeah. Later on the main stage, RuPaul named BB Milk and Kennedy as safe. How Milk was safe, I don't know. After the critiques, RuPaul named Chi Chi and Morgan as the bottom two and placed Aja and Ben in the top two. Back in the workroom, the girls discussed their strategies for the elimination process. So as this goes on, are you guys going to go on, like, the performance that day, performance in the show overall? It should be a combination. I'd like to know if we all have any system or code in place for how we would like to make our decisions from this night on. Are we going off the judges' critiques? Like, they sort of came to a little bit of a consensus last season. Okay, so Miss Dela apparently is suffering from the short-term memory loss. Did you see All-Stars 2? The whole group consensus thing didn't work out. Yes, we would all love to be fair. And I think we should be fair. I will respect the choice you make, and you should do the same for me. Underlying, we agree with the judges most of the time. Yes. No. I think everything has to come into play. We should look at the whole picture. As of now, the elimination strategy is definitely a free-for-all. Who knows what's going to happen? Next, Aja and Ben each had conversations with Chi-Chi and Morgan. During her conversation with Morgan, Ben brought up their previous conversation. How are you doing? Well, as good as expected, I suppose. I want to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. You were saying that you would be strategic about Absolutely. possibly eliminating girls that you saw as big competition. Uh-huh. And it is hard for me not to think about, like, if you stay... Is that what I'm going to do? Would you knock me out? You know what I mean? Like, that's obviously on my mind. I can't pretend that's not there. We talk about, oh, we're family, we're sisters. That's fine. We are those things. Yeah. But, like, straight up honesty. I would send Stronger Girl home. And that's just the truth. I guess you have to look at how you think. 
If you want to go with what the judges said, I think that they picked on her hair, her shoes, and the kind of all-around appearance. And they just picked on my, you know, lack of effervescence. You know. Yeah. Back on the main stage, Aja and Ben engage in a fierce battle for their legacy. The song... The don't, my anaconda don't, my anaconda don't want none unless you got Anaconda. Aja went fierce. Ben went funny. In the end, RuPaul named Ben as the winner of the lip sync. This gave Ben the opportunity to send one of the queens home. Ben de la Creme. With great power comes great responsibility. Which queen have you chosen to get the chop? You guys are both super fierce queens. But, Chi-Chi, I know that you know that you didn't bring your strongest performance tonight. (laughs) Morgan, I think that you took a risk and you tried something new tonight. And I don't think that it was a perfect payoff, and you know that. And when we, as a group, talked about why we might eliminate somebody moving forward, we talked about that we would not want to make that decision pretty much unanimously based on knocking somebody that we saw as fierce competition out of the way. And you were very forthright in saying that that is something that you would do and in the interest of everyone moving forward. I chose Morgan McMichaels. Back in the workroom, Morgan was saying her goodbyes when something surprising happened. (laughs) If I had to say anything... Oh, Blessed be, kitty girl. Don't be scared. I got your back. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Bitch. Like, seriously, though. Didn't you watch last oh, season? Anyone want to tell a bitch? No. Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? A uh, couple of thoughts. Yeah. Do you think Aja was, should have been one of the top two? Yes. You don't think it should have been Trixie? Mm. that's a trick question if it were Trixie I wouldn't have been like what but I but I also think Aja deserved a spot in that top two too as well so it's not like I'm there's they're not mutually exclusive to me okay um I loved the lips I loved both lip syncs I thought both lip syncs were great for very different reasons um and I think that if Ben continues lip syncing, and we saw this the few times that she lip synced on season six, what an amazing lip syncer she is. She she will definitely, that will help to propel her further. I, I think that they're definitely setting up this, the, the, the first couple of minutes of next episode where they're going to say, what were you thinking saying all of that? None of us agreed to that. And that's when we're going to start to see the crumbling of this idea of what Ben was experiencing that nobody else in the room seemed to know what she was talking about. Because even the way they edited that whole conversation was very confusing. And I don't know if they did that on purpose or they just had to kind of use what they had, but there really was no way to follow what everybody was talking about until Milk said, so I guess the consensus is everybody does what they want to do. Yeah, I wonder why Ben left that conversation thinking there was a consensus. 
Okay, one other thing, and we actually didn't talk about this in the very beginning of the episode, the whole Handmaid's Tale skit mm-hmm. in the beginning, yeah. and then it kind of comes full circle. I th- I that that was very th- the last shot of them kind of just standing in the background. Babalu and I both like Yelp laughed like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Even though we know what they did last season, I'm wondering if they're doing some sort of twist on it. The, where all because the queens it, are going to walk in in those Handmaid's Tale outfits. Well, okay, but that – okay. So at some point, they're just going to bring them back like they did last time and let them to compete, compete to come back yeah. in? Well, okay, but then why bring in the Handmaid's Tale thing? They're just going to dress it in a different way. Uh, okay. I, I just feel like that's just an odd – that they're, they're going to try to do something. Taylor! It wasn't like a – This episode is literally like as if this was a play and the understudies did episode one of All Stars 2. They did the – Now, I know – Go ahead. I know that. I just but, – but the whole comment of – whereas last time when Coco was the first one out and she made the whole, you know, you're not out of the game yet. We've still got – is very different than don't worry. I got your back, girl. All right. I just feel like there's some – there's – I just – I am probably going to be wrong and you're going to be able to play this tape for me in a couple of weeks, but I feel like maybe there do, there's a twist on the twist. That is, that is my thought. Do you have any final thoughts? I think you're overestimating the originality of world of wonder. <laughs> um, look, here's the thing is like I said, I'm predicting there'll be some dead bodies strewn around the, the workroom over the coming weeks as beloved people, beloved uh, characters, uh, are eliminated on this show. But remember, and this goes back to my conspiracy theories from All-Star Season 2, um, RuPaul and the producers ultimately decide which two people, one of them gets to go. They, so it's not like they can eliminate anyone from the show. So people that they really want to win just will never be in that bottom two. But... Um, who knows? Who knows what's to come? But I think we're going to see some. But but it was very predictable last time who was going to go because the girls had that sort of loose pact until Alyssa Edwards broke that pact. So that said, I think we're going to see, without getting into conspiracy theories and rumors, which if you want to hear those, patreon.com slash drag race recap is a good way to subscribe and get to hear those. Um, nice. Plug. Thank you. But we're going to you're going to hear that stuff on there. But um I think we're going to see some assassinations on this season, some surprises. Uh, but one of the things I was going to say is, even though I said that, and that, and I think because they're B-list, we're going to see that kind of, of death among the queens. I want to emphasize something, that if you think about it, the term all-stars comes from, I believe it's baseball, but that's where I first heard it, it's baseball, right? And, right. and the theory, if you think about it, it's because you're going to watch a game where all of the players, they're all-stars, all-stars on the team. Every position is a star, and so it's all stars are playing, okay? But it's not mm-hmm. like every year, because all-stars, the All-Stars game happens every year. It's not like every year they have to have a whole different batch of teams. It's the same all-stars that come back every year, and they're voted in. That would be very right. interesting, actually. If they had a voting competition of who would be on, like, it was all voted in. You know, and I, that's yeah. when you would see like your Willems and your Courtney X, maybe, or your, you know, uh, different people who haven't done it for whatever reason. So uh, th- that's the thing is 
we need to bring back those stars. Like I told you, Detox's number would have been probably the best one or one of the best in this competition when it was one of the weaker ones, I feel, in the last competition. We need more stars. And I think a combination of stars with the Cutthroat B-List would make for a very great season. I think even though Morgan McMichaels went today, I think a lot of groundwork was laid for some very important episodes to come. Because I'll, t- I'll just say this. I think Ben Delacram is going to win some more competitions. And we, we like I said this point on Sirius. I don't care what Morgan McMichaels said. Morgan Ben was going to delete um, delete. Ben was going to eliminate Morgan McMichaels. All Morgan McMichaels did was give Ben the rope to hang her. Yeah. But she would have no, she would have eliminated her anyway. She just gave her an excuse. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Tune in next weekend every week as Taylor and I discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3. Until then, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself. Sashay away. Until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E.